my fabulous friend. I hope you're well today. Today is a bonus episode. It's a mini episode that I did with Neen James. You may remember her from many, many, many episodes back. I'll link to that show, of course, in the show notes. She's from Australia. She's an entrepreneur. She's an author. She's a coach. She's a keynote speaker, and she's a total total powerhouse. I love her to bits. And I asked her to come back on to talk about some elements that we can help develop our career section of the life balance wheel series that we're doing. And we ended up talking about so many other things, even though it was quick and dirty, we covered a lot. So I hope you enjoy this show. Let me hear from you. Let me know what other questions you have and I'll get them answered. All right, let's get to Neen James. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy, or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella. Welcome to a bonus episode with my dear friend, Neen James. Neen, how are you? G'day, so great to be back. What a treat, I'm fabulous. So Neen, I wanted, as you know, we're doing this life wheel balance. I always say it wrong, life balance wheel series. And one of the slices of the pie is career. And I immediately thought about talking to you for this slice of the pie, Neen. And it wasn't so much because I want to talk about career development, which we may do, we may get to that, but because people are so often writing to me, and I am expressing this challenge in my own life on a regular basis, but they're so often writing to me and asking me about work-life balance and making it all work, and they know that I'm a mom and a wife and a businesswoman, and, and they know that I'm juggling those things, and they are too mean. And so the reason I wanted to talk to you is because you do something beautifully that I wanted to weave into the career section of the life balance wheel. And that is that you are actually an attention expert. And I'm going to let you explain what that means. But <laughs> Neen, the biggest challenge, the most important, at least one of the most important challenges that we have, it's not just career development and making it all work, but actually figuring out how to make that work and still remain human and still be good at the relationships mm. that we have. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And it's one of the biggest challenges I bet every one of your listeners has. I agree with you. And honey, just because I talk about it doesn't mean I've mastered it in my own world. When I did your life balance wheel, I was all over the place. So I hear you. Yeah. And when we fill out that life balance wheel and guys, if you haven't downloaded the worksheet, I'll link to that again. Um, you should definitely do that. It takes about, I mean, it can take 30 seconds if you, if you want it to, you can spend more time on it, of course. But one thing I just want to point out is when we do score ourselves on each section of the wheel, the point of the life balance wheel is for us to see where we're weak and where we actually want to focus maybe this year or this six months and which sections of it that we actually want to grow, maybe even at a cost of some of the other sections. And Neen, you Mm. fall firmly into a section that I want to work on, which is striking more of a balance um, than I'm currently doing. And I want to start by asking you, what is an attention expert? (laughs) 
So uh, many of your uh, listeners, when we got to play together, we shared folding time strategies last time. They may know that my focus has always been productivity, Ella. And while I don't believe we can manage time, because time's going to happen whether you like it or not. I mean, you don't have time to do everything. You only have time to do what matters. And as I explored that more with my clients and the audiences I serve around the world, in my keynote speaking and in my research for my new book, I found it's not about time. It's about attention. And now Ella is so distracted. I mean, did you know that like nine people die every day because of distracted driving? I mean, we don't even pay attention when we drive anymore. And that freaks me out. So what I did was I got really deep in the area of attention, not just looking at the science of attention and the way the brain works. What are the things we can do every day to pay more attention to what matters who matters and the life balance wheel that you talk about that'll be in the show notes they're the things that matter but at some times in our life some of them are more important than others and that's just the reality so an attention expert is really someone who is just obsessed with the whole area of attention getting people to pay attention because here's the thing Ella when people really pay attention to what matters they strengthen their relationships they increase their health and their vitality And ultimately, they're more profitable because they're focusing on where they want their money to go and what kind of money they want to attract. So I think what it does is attention drives productivity, it drives profitability, and it absolutely drives accountability because we have to be more accountable to ourselves and the people that we care about. One of the reasons I brought you on today is because you're so good at just helping us break this stuff down and bring it from theory to application. So tell us, how do we pay more attention? The first thing I would suggest to your listeners is what I call systemized thoughtfulness. We all want to be more thoughtful. We all want to care about people. I think we just get so caught up in the everyday and the routine and the busyness and the hustle and the email and the meetings. Systemized thoughtfulness is about creating systems in your life that you will then make choices to be more thoughtful. It's about associating activities. For example, uh, I, I travel a lot like many of your listeners probably do. So when I'm sitting on the jetway before the plane takes off, I will text clients and family members and friends to let them know I'm thinking about them and they're important to me. When I am uh, traveling, I always carry stamp stationery with me so that I can write thank you notes for the service I receive on my travels or thank you notes to people in my life who are beneficial. I have a system in my life where I send one thank you note every day, the good old fashioned snail mail because no one does that anymore, right? So true. I always make sure that I learn the names of the barista, the server, the person who helps me with my groceries, and I always use their name. It's a system that I have in place because people love the sound of their own name. You see, I think, Ella, people want to be seen and they want to be heard. And we've got to systemize thoughtfulness so that we are capturing people and their attention every day. It means looking people in the eye. When I hand uh, my boarding pass on my phone to the gate agent, I always make sure I look up and say thank you and smile instead of the rude people who are on their cell phones when they get on the plane. I make sure that I'm not having a conversation when I enter my home. So my husband and I have a policy that all conversations finish in the garage. So when we walk into the house, we can actually have a conversation or look the other person in the eye. These are tiny little systems that we can all do, but it's about associating an activity with the routine you already have. Do you mean that if you're on the phone or something in your car that you make sure that conversation ends before you get out of the car or before you enter the house? 
It does, because I believe that often what happens, what what used to happen in our house is, you know, we would walk in, smile at, you know, I'd smile at my honey, who I've been married for 27 years, so I love seeing him when I get Amazing. home. But if, you know, if he's here, wouldn't it be nicer if I could look him in the eye and say, hey, how was your day? Or I'm so glad you're home, or it's so nice to see you, instead of having a conference call. So what I try and do is finish every conference call in the garage. So when I went into my house, so I use, the system is I use my door between my house and the garage as the trigger, meaning I don't want to start a conversation with a client till I go through that door again in my car and I want to make sure I end the conversation before I walk into my home. So it allows me to keep that out of my connection with him when I walk in. I have never thought about this before, but we have an unwritten rule that we do that here. It's so funny. I didn't know I was engaging in systemized thoughtfulness because <laughs> my husband and I both work and we both work remotely and we're both all over the place all the time. And so, I mean... <laughs> He will sit in the garage for 20 minutes and finish, mm-hmm. finish a conference call before coming Me too. Up. By the way, turn the engine off, everyone. Turn the engine yeah. off. Okay. <laughs> and for some reason, if you don't, which you should, then leave that garage door open. All right, back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay, so we actually do that. And another thing, another way that I apply that, just in case this is useful to anyone, is, for example, last night I had to pick my son up from some class that he was taking and it was supposed to be over at 8.30 and I actually sat there and waited for about 20-25 minutes. I'm sure that's never happened to anybody before. And <laughs> so I use that time to make phone calls that I don't have time to make during the day um, right. to family members I haven't connected with and that sort of thing. When I called my dad last night, um, I started the conversation by managing his expectations and I said, hey dad, I'm sitting here watching B do his thing. He's not done yet. The moment he starts walking toward the car, I'm going to abruptly disengage with you because I don't want to be on the phone when he gets to the car. Now, love it. But mean, I mean, let me keep it super honest. During the day, I'm on the phone all the time. I pick my son up from school sometimes sure. and I'm on the phone. So, so the reason it was critically important to me is not because that's my absolute rule. It's because after work hours, my son should be able to see my eyes when he approaches the car. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. One of the things I talk about in my keynote is I tell the story about my wise, wise five-year-old friend. And he and I were debating uh, the fact that he probably shouldn't wear his Superman costume to school. Um, but in our debate, he got really frustrated and, uh, he kept asking me questions, Ella, and I was answering him, but the more questions he asked, the more frustrated he got. And then he grabbed my face in his two little hands. He turned it towards him and he said, Neen, listen with your eyes. So now what I, what I tell my audiences as a keynoter and what I would have written in my blogs and what I really am so passionate about is how can I listen with my eyes more? And that means everyone, wherever possible that I come into contact with, because that's paying attention, that's seeing people and letting them know, Hey, I see you. You're important to me because throughout the course of our day, Ella, we have so many people who help us, serve us, allow us to do what we need to do. We need to pay attention to those people. Yeah. And I love that you use examples that are seemingly innocuous or taken for granted. Otherwise, like just even, I think you use the example of a barista, but just even mm-hmm. check, checking out at the grocery store, mm-hmm. you know, if I have to run in and grab something and I'm on one of those hour and a half long mm-hmm. conference calls, I will yep. take the call in with me and I'll grab my item and I'll, I'll pay for it and I'll run out and I will put it on mute. I will take my ear out and I will say to the person who's checking me out, I'm so sorry that I'm that guy today. I'm, yeah. I'm listening 
listening to a call. Hi, sorry about that. You know, and I just, I it takes, thing. yeah, it takes 10 seconds. But, seconds. And otherwise yep. just hang up the phone and call the person back. Like the people that are ringing you up, they're humans too. And like mm -hmm. that little bit of eye contact keeps us from becoming machines. Right. But I think it's the systemization of it, Ella. The more systems you have in place, here's the thing. Systems create freedom. So if you don't have to think about it, it becomes a habit. Habits are what's going to change your behavior. Your behavior is going to change your attention. So I think it's about finding a system for the listeners. Find something that you want to commit to for like the next, I don't know, two weeks. And then just choose that thing. And then every time you get an opportunity, put yourself in a situation where you can listen with your eyes more or use someone's name or whatever it is. And then after a while, it becomes a habit. And then that's one behavior down. So I think it's about little things, Ella. It's the little things that make the biggest impact. Okay. So you mentioned systemized thoughtfulness and you have mentioned things like bring thank you cards with you so that you can ha actually handwrite a note when you have an mm -hmm. opportunity to do so if you're waiting in a queue somewhere. And then using people's names, um, whether they're your server at a restaurant or the person at the dry cleaners and so on and so forth. And mm -hmm. I know you've got more for us, but I'd love to just mention a few more tactics. So talk to me about something that works well at work or again, more, I mean, you've been married for 27 years, girl, cough it up. What are some other ways we can let our spouses or our partners know that they have our full attention? So if you want to do career first, let's talk about a couple things. Okay. I believe in proactively being your own publicist. So let me break that down for you. In my corporate career, and I still do it having my own company, what I would always do is I would always send my boss five bullet points every single Friday of things that the team and I achieved that week. Now, the reason this is important is you have to act as your own publicist in your career. People are not going to do it for you. So I would always highlight the great things that happen with my team and with myself. Now, here's what's important about that. It didn't matter whether my boss read it or not. I didn't care if she or she, he even responded, Ella. What was important was I had to diligently and systematically report great news. And it's about taking one thing every day and collating it on a Friday and sharing it with your boss. Now, here's what happened. Whenever it was time for my performance review, for a pay increase, for a new promotion, for an opportunity for a project responsibility increase, I would walk into my boss's office and I would present them with 52 weeks of fabulousness. Here's everything the team and I achieved this week, Brilliant. this year. And so having a system to capture the good news is important in a time where so many bosses are so focused on trying to, you know, keep their boss happy and then keep you happy. You can make their life easier. Now, here's what's also interesting, Ella, is so many of my bosses would just cut and paste my five bullet points into their status report for their boss. So you can make your boss look good. You can help yourself look good. And it's an easy system. So I would encourage your listeners to think about five great things that happened this week and then share them with your boss. Now, if your boss is never received an email like this before, you may want to say to them, hey, I thought you'd like to see some good news, some things that happened this week. Now, it's a form of self-promotion, but what it's doing is helping promote the team as well. So that's just one career thing that is important. A second thing you may want to consider doing is find an accountability partner. So I have an accountability partner in my life, and every Friday I send her an email of all the things I did in my business to grow it. You know, we're always hustling, but also what I did in my personal life to keep 
keep myself healthy. And that's important for those of you who are entrepreneurs because we need an accountability. An entrepreneurial life can be very lonely. And so the kind of life that I've chosen to lead as a keynote speaker, I am on the road pretty much every week, sometimes multiple states in a week. And even though I'm in front of thousands of people, it can be really lonely. So having an accountability email that I send to my friend every Friday, she does the same for me. It's holding myself accountable too. And so for those of you who you could do this uh, in your career, if you have someone you trust at work, but I believe that public accountability drives private accountability. So the more that you declare what it is you're going to do and work towards, once you've committed to someone and holding yourself accountable, you know someone else is relying on you, so you don't want to let them down. So that's maybe two career things you could do before we get into the personal things. Well, and I have to say, the accountability partner strategy can work very, very well, especially for the type of person that Gretchen Rubin calls the obliger, who who has no trouble meeting outer expectations, but can sometimes struggle with inner expectations. You can take any habit you're trying to form and make it an external obligation by having an accountability partner or an accountability group. So that could be running. It could be, you know, any kind of exercise, obviously, or even Mm -hmm. nutritionally focused or any of the personal development stuff that you want to work on can certainly also benefit from this strategy, would you say? Yeah, and so let me share with your listeners full vulnerability. I have two people that I text every week. One is a running partner who lives in Nashville, even though we've never run together. And then another guy who is like a Iron Man crazy fit person. But every week I text him how many runs I'm going to do. And I text Kelly the same. And then by the end of the week, how many I did. So that's my running accountability. I also have a food coach. So I text her every night what I eat. That's revolting, by the way. I hate it hate it but here's the thing if I don't do it like this sounds so ridiculous when I say it out loud but what I've realized is because I'm so driven by accountability sometimes I'll break promises to myself but I won't break them to other people and so I think you just got to know how you're wired so There's times in my life where I have to be insanely healthy. I have to eat really clean in order for me to have the energy to serve my audiences. And over the summer, I was feeling amazing. And then I just got relaxed and I put on 10 pounds and then I felt crappy and I know I sound like I'm five to your listeners, but I'm 4'10", <laughs> and so, 4'10 uh, and a half, and on a little person, 10 pounds is huge, and so I don't have a runner's body, I don't have a tiny little body, but when you put on weight, it makes you feel crazy, so building accountability into my life with food and exercise has been vital to allow me to stay focused Because that system means I have to report in. So maybe if you want to pay more attention to things that are important to you, find an accountability partner and be vulnerable and, you know, suck it up and report back. And when you fail, that's okay. But have someone there who can encourage you to keep going. This is absolutely fantastic. And I'm going to jot these down and share them in the show notes with everybody. What else would you share with us in this regard? I think if you're looking at the personal relationships, I mean, when you look at the life balance wheel that you've shared, Ella, and we think about family and we think about relationships, you know, and we think about even our own attitude, what I would suggest to you is find out ways that you can invest at least 15 minutes on a daily basis with someone who's important to you. We all can find 15 minutes. We can all create 15 minutes. You can get up earlier for 15 minutes. You can go to bed later for 15 minutes, but invest 15 minutes in someone 
And, and the reason I think this is important is because it's also forcing you to do something that's beyond yourself. It's about making someone else the priority. So if you want to drive your family, your relationships, increase your attitude, find a way to serve someone else for 15 minutes every day. And I think it's important. That's another system, but I think 15 minutes, you can conquer the world and you can feel amazing on the other side of that 15 minutes. Okay. If we're trying to develop friendships or be better at focusing on our romantic relationships, what are some things we should be doing with that 15 minutes? So I do things like if my honey's not home, because we both travel, like yeah. you and your partner, Ella, we're both on the road. So I will make sure that before I leave, I grab, sometimes I grab post-it notes and I write little love notes and I stick them all around the house, like on the bathroom mirror, in the fridge, on his desk. And so I've even put them like in his drawer. So when he opens his drawer and gets dressed, I mean, he probably thinks I'm insane. I don't even care. I still do it. So having little post-it notes can also just say to someone, hey, I see you and you're important. Sometimes I will randomly text um, something, you know, sweet. Hey, I saw this and I thought of you. Um, I think from a romantic and a relationship point of view, something that's important to me, and this is, I guess, a strategy that I've always had in my life, and that is I always know when my next vacation is. And this is important because I think when we work as hard as we do and we live the lifestyle we choose, it can be intense. And so my honey and I, we're always planning our next vacation. And so I know what vacations I have coming up. So sometimes I'll just send a note about, hey, I was thinking about this trip we have coming up, you know, to Hawaii in January. And this looks like a really fun thing to do. So always showing that I'm thinking of that person who's important to me. And so I do that in the same way with my friendships. If there's particular brands of clothing or shoes that my friends love, when I'm out on the road and I see that, I take a photo of the store and I send it to them and say, hey, I saw this store and it made me think of you. I think it's easy for us to do little things that make others think remind them that we're thinking of them and texting is an easy way to do it taking photos or if I read an article about someone I will send it an easy way to boost relationships through social media is to pay attention to what's important to other people so if you see a blog they're featured in share it and say hey congratulations I saw you were featured here or if you see an article you think they would like I often on a daily basis I try and find something great to post randomly on friends walls hey I, you know, tried out that restaurant you said, and it was amazing. And we got served by this person and they were fabulous. And we told them we came because of your recommendation. It's easy for us to use social media and texting technology in a positive way to improve our personal relationships. Well, you're so, so good at this as a recipient of your generosity. I can definitely comment on that. And so one of the things that you do really well is just if I've done an episode or, or shared something, you're so good at taking three seconds to just reshare it with your network. But I am so grateful for these little Valentines that you send my way. And it probably takes <laughs> you two seconds to do it. And it's just such a generous thing to do because multiply that times the 10,000 friends that you have in your life. And you, you really make an effort. And and it, these little tiny things are, are like dropping little valentines all over the place. 
That's a cute analogy. I love that. I call it a social media drive-by. So when I'm having my green juice or coffee in the morning, I will sit at my computer for 15 minutes and I'll go across every platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and I will use that 15 minutes just to drop love notes and show people I'm paying attention, reshare, retweet, make a comment, like a post. Those things are really easy to do, but it's still, Ella, it's another system that I use. It's a 15-minute social media drive by. And I think what it's about, Ella, it's making time in time. I'm going to sit and drink my coffee. I might as well do something productive with it. I'm going to sit and have my juice. I might as well do something productive while I'm doing it. Like you said earlier, it's so easy to get busy and caught up. If we can associate activities with time, I think we can choose that time wisely. Once our time is spent, Ella, we don't get it back. And so it's making the most of those 1,440 minutes we have in a day. I love that you know that exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's all those little moments that add up. I mean, that's why I love you. You're so full of so many valuable knowledge bombs and you just like drop them out there so quick, rapid fire. I love these bonus episodes with you and I can't thank you enough for sharing them with us today. Now, tell me something. Do we get to read about all of this in your new book and what's it called and when does it drop? Yes. So it's coming out in 2017. It is called Attention. I believe people profit by paying attention. So it's filled with gems of how you can have more influence and impact in your life by making sure that you embrace what matters and conquer your world, whatever that looks like. I think every one of us, Ella, has an attention factor and I want that to increase for people. So keep an eye out. Neenjames.com is an easy way to stay connected. There's about a bazillion free things there you can download. And Ella, what I'd love to do is to share with you a little bit of a sample. So I'll pop that across to you so maybe you can share that in the show notes. And that's called Attention Page. Send that to me. I will get it up and share it with absolutely everybody. Neen James, keynote speaker, author, coach, entrepreneur, and my four foot ten powerhouse of a friend. Thanks, sister. Thanks for inviting me back. What a treat. Bye. Bye. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.